the Sealing God's People with your host, Dennis Beard. As we get into the Word of God, there's progression in truth, going from faith to faith, from glory to glory. We all know that. As we come to the coming of the Lord, the appearing of God, when He comes from heaven Himself, with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and the trump of God, the dead in Christ rising first. We which are alive and remain shall be caught together and meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be the Lord. The resurrection is that first resurrection. Blessed and holy is he that hath part in that first resurrection on such a second death hath no power. The work of the ministry is before that. We see two men in Malachi 4 that is referenced. Number one is Moses. Remember my servant Moses. Back in Elijah. Behold, I send you Elijah before the great and terrible day of the Lord come. That's talking about the day of the Lord, the day of God Almighty, the day of Christ, and that day that comes uh, there as a destruction from the Almighty. It will destroy all the wicked out of the earth. Before that time, before the kingdoms of this world become the kingdoms of our Lord and of His Christ, there will be the gospel of the kingdom being preached in all the world for a witness in all nations, and then the end will come. We'll pick this up in Revelation 4, verse 1, not a rapture, but a revelation of the word of God in higher glory. Jesus said, I stand at the door and knock if any man will hear my voice and open the door. It takes action on our part in obedience, willing to hear. And I'll come in and suffer with him and he with me. John, in Revelation 4, after we have the requirements of obedience unto righteousness for the overcomer. The overcomers are listed in Revelation the 2nd and the 3rd chapter. These are young men. The word of God is strong in them, and they've overcome the wicked one. This is still a higher level of glory stated for the apocalyptic sealing in Revelation 7. Now, the seals that we're going to reference to will be brought and preached and proclaimed by the living creatures, the four beasts. And those are the zoe. We find in Ezekiel 1 and Ezekiel 10, they appear out of the fire, enfolding itself, the appearance of a man. That's Jesus ahead and we the body of the Christ. But we will notice they have four wings. And those four wings... There on the cherubim, lion, man, ox, and eagle, in the divine nature of Jesus. They are not God, but they are partakers of his divine nature. Just as cherubim was set at the east end of the garden of God with a flaming sword, turning every which way to keep the way of the tree of life, that's a capital C, which is indicative of the Lord Jesus himself. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He keeps the way of the tree of life. This is after the fall of Adam. Then we have four wings with these living creatures. And it's in the 30th year of Ezekiel, the son of Buzi. Why? Because 30 is the number of the priesthood. Then we find that 30 is also the number of blood, the price paid for blood, 30 pieces of silver. Judas Iscariot received. Albeit, after he repented, he threw the money back to the priest which one of the field of Asadama, the field of blood. The word of God 
the testimony of Jesus, the Biblion, the word of God, the Biblion is from Genesis to Revelation. But compiling all of these is the last book in the word of God, which is the revelation of Jesus Christ, the Bibliaridian, the little book. And we're going to reference this little book in this podcast. John is seen in Revelation 4, verse 1, after it shows us the Word of God showing plainly what it means to be an overcomer, obedience unto righteousness unto holiness, Word of God being strong in the young men and overcoming the wicked one. They hear the voice of God and obey it. And by doing that, then we go to Revelation, throne room Revelation, higher than Pentecost. We're going into a different season here. And that in Revelation 4, verse 1, we will take it up there and reference to that book that is in the hand of him that sits upon the throne, the Ancient of Days, God Almighty, the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, some will say there's definitely two persons here, but we'll also see it's a revelation of the offices of God, which is one spirit, not two, but only one. After this, I looked and behold, a door was open in heaven. And the first voice, this is the beginning of it, which I heard was as it were of a trumpet talking with me. Now, that's a voice of the Lord. We're going to see this also, this book, the role of a book. We're also going to see this in Ezekiel, the same as the living creatures. But it's going to start with four wings of those cherubim, the living creatures, coming out of the fire and folding itself, the appearance of a man. Jesus ahead, we, the body of the Christ, making but one man, filling heaven and earth, or heaven is my throne, the earth is my footstool, there's one man, one body of Christ, and that is one spirit, one body, one spirit, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God who's above all, Father of us all, and in us all. Now we know that it's only one, not a trinity, not a binary, not two, not oneness, where the man's not God, he is God. As we look at this revelation of Jesus It is not in Pentecost. It is not in a Pentecostal former reign. It goes into the latter reign. And Revelation 4 verse 1 takes us into that first voice. And that were a trumpet talking with him. Not a cornet, flute, harp, sackbolt, psaltery, or dulcimer. That's the worldly church instruments in Daniel chapter 3 verse 5, 10, and 15 mentioned three times, and it's a worldly church to get us to worship something in lieu of the pure and real Christ, the unadulterated word of God, Christ himself. Christ is that spirit. He is the father of glory. Christ is that man, the son of God, who's the father revealed, one and the same spirit. Then the son of man is the kingdom office, which includes us as Jesus is the head and we the body of the Christ. And we're protectors of his divine nature through these exceedingly great and precious promises. So we will reference the Bibliaridian, the little book. And this book requires 
seals, and the seals are signet. The signet is an engraving of an engraver, the engraving of a signet, and there's seven of them in the work of the ministry. In this book with seven seals, we're going to find that there's only seven seals. We get to the seventh seal, then there will be in that seventh seal, there'll be seven trumpets. And in that seventh trumpet will be, that last trumpet will be seven vials wherein filled up the wrath of God. So therefore, we see in and enveloped in that book, seals, trumpets, and vials. Now we'll take a look at that. A voice of a trumpet talking with him. This is the true word of God. It is not in Pentecost. It's in Tabernacles, the last season of God. And it'll be the Feast of Tabernacles, the Feast of Sevens, the Feast of Engathering, the Feast of Prophecy. It's the words of the book of this prophecy, and we must have the testimony of Jesus to read it and understand it and keep the sayings of the book of this prophecy through the spirit of prophecy, which is the testimony of Jesus. We see that in Revelation 19.10. John comes upon a man that he knows and believes is the Lord Jesus Christ. He bows down to worship him. He says, see, thou doest it not. I am of thy fellow servants and thy brethren that have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God. For the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And not God, but given to us the spirit of prophecy through the Holy Ghost, Christ in you, the hope of glory. These are the ones that are not in Pentecostal glory, but in the last day glory in the work of the ministry. And we're going to see that, how they receive it by the little book. And it'll be the voice of God, the ministry voice of our Lord Jesus through eating the little book, not the general book of the Biblion. That's from Genesis to Revelation. But there comes a time when we come into the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ unto perfection. So we go from a four-wing cherubim in Ezekiel 1 and Ezekiel 10, which are the same as the living creatures of the beast in Revelation 4 and Revelation 5. The difference is that we see in Isaiah 6 and in Revelation 4 and Revelation 5, these beasts, the living creatures, the Zoe, have six wings. They have reached Elohim status, gods, little g-o-d-s, judges, in the same image of Jesus Christ. They have attained through obedience unto righteousness, holiness, partaker of his divine nature. It's been progressive. That it's been line upon line, line upon line, precept upon precept, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little. That the ones that do not receive the word of God will fall back and be snared. But the ones that will receive it will walk on in that light to the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ. So we find that John is invited up hither into the heavenly realm, into the throne room revelation, higher than Pentecost, not in the sanctuary in Pentecostal glory, but into the throne room itself. He finds himself in the throne room and events happening in the, the last, the end of days. The glory of God revealed, the work of the ministry, Jesus manifest in 
flesh. Jesus Christ is come in the flesh, not has come, is come. It is a present imperfect tense in the work of the ministry until the fullness of the Gentiles be come in. Many have negated the word of God, saying that it has only to do with national Israel because the church has been pre-tribulation raptured and have circumvented the work of the ministry. They have annulled it by stating that it has nothing to do with the church of the living God, which it's written to the church to begin with, the body of Christ. It is written to those servants of God that are called by his name, and that's a higher glory. Not just in the sanctuary, in the Pentecostal realm, but within the veil, in the last season of God, and that is throne room, throne room revelation. And that's why we're going to see statements made by Paul, Hebrews 9, 5, speaking of uh, the tabernacle, a worldly tabernacle with a divine service. And he speaks of the cherubim, the cherubim of glory, shadowing the mercy seat. Well, that's definitely within the veil, the mercy seat being uh, that blood of the the covering of the Ark of the Covenant called the mercy seat simply by the blood of Jesus that was applied, sprinkled seven times before that mercy seat, the work of the cross, Golgol. That is Golgotha. Golgol is the wheel to roll away. Tha is the Alafta. So we're going to see the seals. The seals are signets. A signet is a S-I-G-N sign, then an E-T, a lafta. It's the A through the Z, and we're going to see it's sevened, perfected, unto the measure of the statue of Jesus Christ. So we find John in the throne room. This is not Pentecostal glory. This is tabernacle glory in the final consummation of things with the church coming to the measure of the statue of Jesus Christ unto a perfect man. And we know that we're called for that. Whom the Lord did foreknow them, he did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. And those that he predestinated, them he called, them that he called he justified, and them that he justified, he also glorified to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ, not something less. This is getting us there. And it's through the Lord himself as our kinsman redeemer who has overcome, who is both the root and the offspring of David. The offspring, he is the son of David according to the flesh. The root, he is the father, the root of David, the father of David. He's that spirit. He's both the root and the offspring. He's Christ, the spirit of God. And he is Christ, the man, one of the same. Christ is Christ. God is that man, even though in an emptied out state of glory and a humiliated state in the days of his flesh, he is still that God, that spirit, never cease and desist from being God, even though he made himself of no reputation. This is earned the son of God through his death, burial, and resurrection, being the perfect, spotless, blameless lamb of God to render the judgments there in the last days 
upon the whole world to make the kingdoms of this world the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ and redeem his people. They're not only as justified, justification by faith, but glorification, our vile body being fashioned like unto his glorious body, whereby he's able to subdue all things unto himself. So in Revelation 4, we see John now, not raptured, but taken to Revelation much higher than Pentecost, and that it's going to reveal in and to John for us, the servants of God, things that must shortly come to pass. He signified it, signed it, sealed it. Those are the seals signified into his, by his angel unto John. Now, John was the body of Christ in the spirit of Elijah, that is John the Baptist, forerun Jesus' first coming in the Hamashkirk bin Yosef, the suffering Messiah, that we also have Elijah must first come and restore all things before Jesus' second coming. We know that because Acts 3, 20 and 21 states, the heavens must receive Jesus until the times of the restitution or restoration of all things, all truth. The body of Christ must come into all truth. God having provided some better thing for us, that they without us shall not be made perfect. The body of Christ will come unto perfection. He's in the throne room. He hears the voice talking with him as a trumpet, not a cornet, flute, harp, sackbolt, psaltery, or dulcimer of the worldly church. This is a true voice of God, the clarion voice piercing the heart. And he's revealing it to the saints of God, the servants of God. And we find that in Revelation 4 being taken into the throne room. And he says, this voice, come up hither. Come up higher in Revelation, not a rapture. Come up higher in Revelation, and I will show you things. Those are not a rapture, but the things of faith. Faith is the substance of things so far, the evidence of things not seen. The things which are seen are temporal. The things which are not seen are eternal. We are to set our affections on the things above. And here it is to the final epoch or the final glory in coming to the measure of the statue of Jesus Christ, giving us throne room revelation. This is higher in glory. We're going to see things in the heavenly realm, not just a half egg of beaten olive oil that we have, we have seen and partook of that Holy Ghost in the Pentecostal realm. This will be golden oil that flows from the throne of God to and through the church, the olive trees, the cherubim, the living creatures, the candlesticks, the church. And it will come into a bowl in Zechariah 4 and emptying out of themselves that golden oil, throne room, golden oil. Not a beaten olive oil as in Pentecost, but golden oil pure, perfected glory of God. It's the thousand. You must have a thousand perfected glory. Well, as it flows, it comes into a big, huge bowl above the candlestick, above the church. These are the angels to the seven churches. And out of that bowl comes seven pipes. And the pipes go to directly to the lamps, not to the knops of bowls, but to the lamps themselves and the lamps of the candlestick. 
of which there are three branches with that lamp, and the center, shamash, being that center one, are seven lamps, and the reflective, showing the perfect mirror image of Jesus Christ that the church has attained. And it's through the word of God, nothing of ourselves, not of works lest any man should boast, but the faith that's been delivered to us, which that faith that was once delivered to the saints, which is the testimony of Jesus, the spirit of prophecy, whereby we can know and understand and keep the words of the saying of the book of this prophecy, the revelation of Jesus Christ. Notice that John is caught up and immediately he's in the throne room. I was in the spirit. We can't get in there in the flesh. And behold, a throne was set in heaven, not S-I-T as in set, but S-E-T, a settled state of glory, S-E-T. And one sat on the throne, no trinity, no one throne for the Father, another throne for the Son, and another throne for the Holy Ghost. Only one throne. There's only one God. There's only one throne in heaven. Now there's seats, and there's four and 20 seats, and he's going to show us that heavenly realm of the redeemed and what we must do to get there. And then the work that God does in the last days to perfect the body of Christ and to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ to a perfect man. And he tells us he that sat was to look upon like a jasper and a sardine stone. Now, if we take the breastplate of judgment and the, the engraving of an engraver of a signet, a signet is a seal. That seal is a signet, one and the same that we, we find there's four rows and three in each row of the breastplate of judgment that we find on the priest's garments in Exodus 28. But it's according to the tribes. The first one, the first engraving of an engraver of a signet of a seal was in that according to the birth on the onyx stones upon the shoulders of the high priest. On one shoulder, six uh, names written upon the onyx stone and on the other shoulder of the high priest than the other six names, according to the birth and engraving of an engraver, according to the birth. Now we're going higher. We're going higher glory according to the tribes or the work or the individual will of God for each individual member. Different ministrations, but one and the same spirit, different ministries. Not all are called to be an apostle or to be a prophet or teachers or workers of miracles, governments, helps. But God has put it in the body as it has pleased him. The quest for life is to know the will of God and do it. And that requires us to seek God diligently with our whole heart. Anyone that does not do the will of God in particular and according to the measure of faith that God has dealt to every individual member we will not be able to enter in. We must do the will of God. That after, after we know the will of God, and with that, we must then do it and not just think about it or have a knowledge of it, but do it. We find that in Matthew 7. Not all that say to me, Lord, Lord, will be able to enter in. These are little children that have been birthed, that their sins are forgiven for his name's sake, and they've known the Father. 
They call him Lord, Jehovah God Almighty. Lord, Lord. No man can call Jesus Lord except by the Holy Ghost. But Jesus said, not all that say to me, Lord, Lord, will be able to enter in. Well, why? Because you did not do the will of God. You didn't do the individual will of God for your life or mine. We must do the will of God. That requires us as brethren that uh, seek the Lord Jesus with all of our heart diligently, presenting our bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is our reasonable service. Why? Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Well, that's a general statement. We just simply read the word of God and do it. We don't commit adultery, fornication, lie, cheat, steal, uh, bear false witness, honor the father and mother, no drunkards, etc., and the things that bring forth death. We uh, cast off and don't do these things through obedience. That's the general will. But there is a particular will of God dealt to every man the measure of faith, according that has pleased God to fitly frame the body of Christ together. Different callings, different ministries, different ministrations, but the same spirit. Therefore, Jesus said uh, there, not all that call me Lord, Lord, saying to me, Lord, Lord, even though they know he is the Lord Jehovah God Almighty, will be able to enter the kingdom of heaven because you did not do the will of God. They have professions of the Lord. Lord, we've done many wonderful works in your name. We prophesied in your name. We've cast out devils in your name. He'll say, depart from me, workers of iniquity. I never knew you. That is a sad day and a mistaken identity that we thought we did the will of God and did not do it. And he said there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. We want to hear, well done. And you did do the will of God. Thou good and faithful servant, not only called, but chosen, but faithful. Called, chosen, and faithful. Well done, thy and faithful servant. Enter thine to the joy of the Lord. Well, we want to hear that. We must do the will of God. Find out what it is and do it. Fulfill it according to the will of God. And that is through the word of God. We have to individually read that book and be conformed, not to the world, but transformed, that we may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God for each of us is. Then, when we know it, we must fulfill it and do it. Well, by doing that, we'll be pleasing unto the Lord. Well done, thy good and faithful servant. We've done it. And ones that do not, depart from me, you that work iniquity. I never knew you. Iniquity, lawlessness. You did not follow the leading of the Holy Ghost. You had it, maybe, but you did not do it. So, therefore, doing the will of God, these have the young men, that's overcome the wicked one. They've done the will of God, but there's still a higher glory in the work of the ministry. John is taken into the throne room and is going to relay that to us, to show unto God's servants, not national Israel, the people of God, things which must shortly come to pass, the things of faith. The last day, testimony of Jesus, the spirit of prophecy to understand the words of the book of this prophecy, the revelation of Jesus Christ. And he looked on there, and the one set to look on was like a jasper and a sardine. The jasper is on the last stone of the breastplate, 
Anathalite, my wrestlings, the cross. Well, that's a jasper stone. But the sardine or the sardius stone was written Judah. That is the line of the tribe of Judah on the first uh, stone in that breastplate of judgment. And now the first stone being a sardius, Judah, and the last stone being the jasper, Naphtali, the cross. The Lord has made the first last and the last first. He has put the jasper first. Why? Because they we're glorying in the cross. The work that Jesus did in the days of his flesh, God manifest in the flesh. And that is the shouting and all the glory due unto him because he has redeemed us. By his glory, by his love, by his honor, by his dignity, by his majesty, he has redeemed us. Shedding his own righteous, holy, uh, innocent blood for us. Well, that's the reason why the Jaspers first, Naphtali, my wrestlings, the cross, and then we praise him because of it. That's the sardine or the sardius stone of Judah. And there was a rainbow round about the throne. That's the work of the whole ministry from Jesus himself, death, burial, and resurrection, going back to God. Came back, proceeded from the Father, and death, burial, and resurrection, becoming the perfect, spotless, blameless, Lamb of God as our free will offering, offered himself without spot and blemish to God, his soul being an offering uh, for sin, and he went back to his former glory and sent us of his spirit in the height, depth, length, and width of Christ, the whole work. That's the rainbow. Starts with a scarlet red, goes to an orange, then a yellow, then a green, then blue, indigo, and purple. That's the whole work of God from his blood, scarlet, and then the agony of his soul is as death, burial, and resurrection. We go to green, eternal light. Then we go to blue, the heavenly expanse. He goes back to the Father. Then it's the King of kings and Lord of lords, indigo, and then purple. And that is the King of kings and Lord of lords. That in that rainbow shows us the height of Christ, he is the Father. The depth of Christ, he took on the flesh as a man to shed his blood for us. That shedding of blood is no remission of sins. That's the depth of Christ. Then uh, he went back to the glory of the Father, then sent his spirit, and that's the length and width of Christ, that we have love one toward another in the body of Christ. And that is where we have uh, the indigo and the purple king of kings and lord of lords, a height, depth, length, and width of Christ. And it's all him, by him, through him, for him, for his honor, and for his glory. And that is what is re the first thing that John sees in heaven, is the work that Jesus has done in him alone. Nothing of John, nothing of the body of Christ, all through what Jesus did. And he said, there's that rainbow. That's the whole work of God. Coming down from heaven, the Father himself, manifest in a body of flesh, Son of God, death, burial, and resurrection, going back to glorify for the Father's own self, back to where he was before, and then giving us his spirit, having love one toward another. And he said, it was sight like unto an emerald. And that emerald, Reuben, see you aside. 
and that is uh, the body of Christ being one with him. And round about the throne. He's given us throne room revelation. We must see it and understand it. He said round about the throne were four and 20 seats. Now those seats are a place prepared Jesus for us. He said, I go to prepare a place for you. We see in Ephesians 1, through his death, burial, and resurrection, when he set him at his own right hand in heavenly places is what he wrought to usward, the body of Christ. Not for him, he's always been God. He's always been the Father of glory. He's always been that spirit. But he made a place for us. He set four and 20 seats there. Four and 20, 24 is the number of the priesthood, which we are called for. And from there in Ephesians 1, we are made right now to set together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, being able to come boldly before the throne of grace through the blood of Jesus Christ who broke down the middle wall of partition. That is to say, his veil is flesh, that we all have the boldness to go straight to the Father of glory. Those are four and 20 seats. And he says, and upon those seats, I saw four and 20 elders. That's the priesthood sitting clothed in white raiment. That's the righteousness of the saints through his righteousness. He that that knew no sin became sin for us that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. And that requires obedience. And that's the leading of the Holy Ghost in Romans 6. Whosoever we yield our members as servants to obey him are the servants to whom we obey. Whether of sin unto death, carnally minded still brings forth death, or that spiritually mind of obedience unto righteousness, yielding the priestful fruits of holiness. And they were clothed in this white raiment. That is the righteousness of the saints. And they had on their heads crowns of gold. The crowns there is the stevenos. Jesus wears the royal diadema. He is God. But we are overcomers. And that victor's crown is us, and it's of gold. He said, and out of the throne proceeded. Out of that throne of God. Heaven's my throne, earth's my footstool. We're We're made to sit together in heavenly places. And we see that there are proceeding. Notice it proceeds. It's something, a way of light. Light doesn't have a stationary place. It's dynamic. It's always moving. Well, it proceeds. And there, out of that throne, proceeds. Proceeded lightnings. That's the effulgence of the revelation of the Word of God. Thunderings, immediately after we see that revelation, then we have the understanding that we seek God for. That's the thunder, to hear and to understand the Word of God. And voices. Then, the voice and instruction of God is given to us, and we, the body of Christ, speak those oracles of God, the word of God, proclaiming that truth to the people. And there were seven lamps of fire burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. That's a sevenfold spirit of God. And we see that in Isaiah uh, 11. Verse 1, as we see that he talks about that sevenfold spirit, it's coming to the fullness of perfection before the throne of God, that we all know him in perfect glory. It's not in part, 
it is now in fullness. Then Pentecost, we saw through a glass darkly. Now, it's seven spirits before the throne of God, and that's full perfection. We'll see that in Isaiah 11, verse 2, sevenfold spirit of God. One, the spirit of the Lord shall be upon him, the man. That's the spirit of God. Two, the spirit of wisdom. Three, the spirit of understanding. Four, the spirit of counsel. Five, the spirit of might. Six, the spirit of knowledge. Seven, the spirit of the Lord, which is only one spirit. It's a sevenfold of the one spirit of God under perfection. Seven being perfect glory. Now, as he says, before the throne was a sea of glass like unto crystal. Crystal is that crystal sea is the knowledges of God, and it is crystal because there's no spot or blemish in it. It's pure, transparent gold. It's a crystal sea in the glory and knowledges of God. That's the deep. The deep calleth unto the deep. That deep is in us. The deep of God, the crystal sea calls unto us, the deep in our spirit. And it's answered by the water spout. The water spout is a whirlwind of water, which is a whirlwind of truth, carrying us up to set together in heavenly places in the knowledges of God, partaking of his divine nature. There we see that crystal sea and in the midst of that throne and round about the throne. In the midst of the throne, round about the throne, we find a wheel in the middle of a wheel. Jesus is the wheel. He is that Shemaz. He is the center branch. But around about the throne, in round, we find a wheel of Ephesus, Myrna, Pergamos, uh, Thyatira, uh, Sardis, Philadelphia, Laodicea, making a wheel in the middle of a wheel. That's the opening. And uh, it says in that, round about the throne, were four beasts, Full of eyes before and behind. The eyes, uh, there are the ain, fountains, the fountains of truth, the eyes of truth. The eye of our understanding being open, anointing our eyes with eye salve, ears to hear and hearts to believe. That is the ain, not only of things before and behind. Now, this is going to be very important when we see that on that roll of a book that we're going to see that book, that scroll written within and without. Things before, that will be things that will come to pass hereafter. One and the same. For knowledge of God, revealing that he's God, because I tell you these things before they happen. So we find that eyes, they understand that word. They have the understanding of uh, that being of the Father's. We see that John references this in 1 John, the second chapter, verse 12 through 14. I write unto you fathers, because you've known him that's from the beginning. Him that's from the beginning is the word of God. In the beginning was the word, word was God, the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was anything made that was made. So the eyes before and behind, knowing him from the beginning, is that book, the Word of God, before and behind, written within and without, things that have been that 
will certainly be again established in the last days. All truth, all truth given to them, not partial truth. That is written within and without its eyes before and behind in all truth. These are the fathers, not newborn babies designed to say cereal milk of the word that they may grow thereby. And they're not little children that is known the father. They're not young men that's overcome the wicked one, the word of God being strong in them. These are fathers that's known him that's from the beginning. And that is the final sealing. And it's through the word of God that after you receive this word of God, you're sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise until you receive the promised possession. And without it, we can't stand. These first beasts was like a lion. A lion of the tribe of Judah, we see that in that first row of the breastplate of judgment according to the work of the ministry. We say that in Exodus 28. So that first row is Judah, Issachar, and Zebulun. And the second beast like a calf. Now it's going to be feet of a calf's foot, burnished brass, judgment. Now judgment's going to be seen in these living creatures, the zoe, the beast, the same as the cherubim of glory in Ezekiel 1 and Ezekiel 10. One of the same. And the third beast, we're going to see that in the, the gospel according to Luke. The ox, the suffering servant, and that calf. Then we see the third beast was a face of a man. The gospel according to Mark, the perfect man. And the fourth beast was like a flying eagle, not just an eagle. It's a flying eagle. Why? Because it's flying over all the earth. There's two wings of a great eagle given to the woman. We're having a flight in the winter and on the Sabbath day. Not national Israel. No. It's given to the woman two wings of a great eagle where we fly into the wilderness, where there's a place prepared of God, where we're nourished from the face of the serpent. The face is the glory. Jesus has shown forth his glory. God has shown forth his glory in the face of Jesus Christ. We look at the face of Jesus. That's the glory of God. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels. That's the excellency of the power it might be of God, not of ourselves. Those are the beasts, the living creatures the cherubim, the lion, man, calf, and eagle. Well, let's see what it has and what they do. It says now that each of the four beasts had each of them six wings, not four as in Ezekiel 1, because they went now six wings. Two, they cover their eyes. Two, they cover their feet. And two, they did fly. The flying now is taking the whole earth. Oh, earth, 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 hear you, the word of the Lord. It's going over all the world, not just uh, in a particular spot or here, but in the gospel being preached into all the world for a witness unto all nations. Then the coming of the Lord, and when he appears that second time without sin unto salvation. So there is six wings that four did not have the other two wings. That flying, and two they did fly. We see that in Isaiah 6. When they saw, as they said, I saw visions of God. And 
in the day that Uzziah died uh, in his train with that, uh, tra- that seraphim and having six wings. And a seraphim meaning fire. Sarah, the fire of God. We're going to see that now in the body of Christ, there will be a greater work in that ministry, greater works than these shall you do. Jesus said, because I go to my father. For out of their mouth proceeds, uh, what? Fire proceedeth out of their mouth. And in this manner, they, everyone shall be killed. That comes against the Lord of glory, the God manifest in the body of Christ, Christ in you, the hope of glory. The fire proceedeth out of their mouth. It's a proceeding word of God and lightning. That's revelation. Thunder, that's the understanding of it. And then the voice, that's the voice of Almighty God. That is the fire. That is Elohim status, where we have an additional two wings that fly, two that cover their feet, two that cover their eyes. In other words, nothing of their own works or own labor. And with two they did fly. And the flying is the gospel of Jesus Christ being preached into all the world. Two wings of a great eagle given to the woman, the church where we fly into the wilderness. It's the last day wilderness of the church of God. And I'm not talking about the wilderness of Paran. We're not talking about Petra. What are we talking? We're talking about Jesus being birthed there, coming into his uh, ministry, being about the age of 30. So it's very important that we understand that Ezekiel, in the 30th year of Ezekiel, when he reached 30, the number of uh, the age of the priesthood. It's also the price of blood. 30 pieces of silver for the blood. Also, numbers four. The priest, the high priest, must be 30 years of age to enter into his ministry and that of a high priest. There, Jesus, being about the age of 30, goes down to John the Baptist and say, baptize me. He said, I have need to be baptized of you, of whose shoe latches I'm not worthy to stoop down and unloose. Jesus said, suffer to be so to fulfill all righteousness, not to wash away my sins, He's a sinless, spotless, blameless Lamb of God. But to fulfill all righteousness, because he's coming in not of that of Aaron or Levi, but after the order of Melchizedek, and he's going to take it right there at the age of 30, not of the Aaronic priesthood of Levi, though he fulfilled all of it, tempted all points like as we are yet without sin, but after the order of Melchizedek, Melech, king, Zadok, righteous, or the king priesthood. There, he's the apostle and the great high priest of the profession of our faith. Well, what the first thing that happened when that was birthed? Well, the spirit drave Jesus into the wilderness, there to be tempted of Satan. And then he's going to come out in the fullness and power of God. Well, what's going to happen to the body of Christ? Christ's birth in us, the two wings of a great eagle given to us, where we fly into the wilderness. We're going to be tempted. We're going to be tried as by fire. And that we will nourished, be nourished from the face of the serpent, that Antichrist for a time, times abiding of a time, three and a half years, 
42 months, 1,203 score days to those that have an ear to hear. It is not national Israel. It's the church of the living God to those that have an ear to hear. The ones that say, no, it's not, we won't go through any great tribulation. God said that by peace, the Antichrist will destroy many. And Mr. Babylon, the great says, I set a queen. I am no widow. I will see no sorrow, no birth pangs, no tribulation, no birth pangs for me, no beginning of sorrows. I'm already married to Jesus. I'm a queen. I am no widow, and I'll see no sorrow, no birth pangs. Well, God also, in the prophet Amos 9, verse 9, said there's a sifting going on among the nations, the sifting from the chaff, from the wheat, the righteous from the wicked, the holy from the profane. And he said, there's a sifting going on among those nations and not the least grain will fall to the ground. I'm not going to lose any of them that's in mine. That's in me, Jesus said. But, Amos 9.10, I will destroy, uh-oh, I will destroy all the sinners of my people. And he said, I didn't know God would do that. Well, it's surprise, the hypocrite, judgments of the lion, righteousness to the plummet, Judgment first beginning at the house of God. And this in Deuteronomy 32, he says, this is not sealed up among my treasures. For the Lord will judge his people. Repent himself of the evil. It's coming. That trouble. Evil there, rot, tribulation. Trouble. And he will judge his people. Repent himself of the evil when he sees their power's gone. Not Holy Ghost power. We're come to the end of our own strength. We cease from our own labors. We enter into the rest of God. And there's none shut up or left. For what reason? That we will know that he is God and God alone. There's not another. There's not a trinity, not a tunis, not a binary, not a oneness where the man's not God, but he is. The man Christ Jesus is that God. And that's the whole work of the judgment. All God's ways are perfect. All God's ways are judgment. And that is what John is seeing here in the throne room. The cherubim have reached Elohim status, six wings. They will have two wings of a great eagle. Not only four wings, as we see in, the, in Ezekiel 1 and Ezekiel 10, but they've reached a higher level of glory. We see that in Isaiah 6, and we see it here in Revelation 4 and 5. Now, as he goes on, he says, there's these six wings about him. They're Elohim status, small e, gods, judges. And they are full of eyes within. That means within themselves the holy oil, the oil of truth. These are the five wise virgins. They're full of eyes. They're full of the oil of God. They're full of the golden oil. Not beaten olive oil, as in Pentecost. The golden oil of the two olive trees, the cherubim of Gordon, and the two olive branches in Zechariah 4 and Revelation 11, the body of Christ. And though they have eyes within, within them is that truth. The aim, those eyes are aim, fountain of truth. The aim is the 16th letter of the ABC theory. And there's a whole truth related to the aim and the pay. 
17th letter, A being the mouth and the aim being the fountain of truth, the eye. The eye, if thine eye be single, the whole body's full of light. But if thine eye be darkness, oh, how great is that darkness. These are full of eyes, full of the word of God, full of the truth and revelation, the proceeding word of God. Not a grove built up on Pentecostal or fundamental of death, burial, resurrection. Not only Pentecostal glory, but going on to full tabernacles. They're not Pentecostals, they're tabernacleists. They're not fundamentalists, they're tabernacleists. They're going all the way in all truth. And they rest not day and night. They're not settled on their leaves. They rest day and night saying, Holy, holy, holy Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come in everything they do in the work of the ministry. All the body of Christ, the only pure motive there is, is to give Jesus the glory due unto him, due unto his name. Jehovah is salvation. Jesus, not Jehovah Jr. Jehovah's salvation, which is, was, and is to come. That's Revelation 1.8. He states that. He says it again in Revelation 1, 21, 22. He says, I am the Alpha and Omega. I'm the Aleph and the Top. I'm the A to the Z. I'm all the attributes of God. I am Alpha and Omega, beginning and the ending, which is, was, and is to come. That's what the cherubim see. That's what the BC, the, the, the Zoe, the living creatures see and are proclaiming everything they do in the work of the ministry and all the judgments that are being carried out and proclaiming the oracle, the word of God. In the last day truth, the voice of a host, the voice of Almighty, the voice of many waters is to proclaim one thing, that the Lord who is, was, and is to come is to give him glory. How do you give him glory? When they see the good works that you do, glorifying your Father which is in heaven, the Lord Jesus Christ. And they give him the glory. Everything they do, everything that they, and uh, in, in, in the move of the Holy Ghost, is to give him glory, which was, is, and is to come. They cease not day and night. And what does it say? It also is, and when these uh, beasts give glory and honor and thanks to him that sat on the throne. Now, wait a minute. Somebody said, well, no, he's not on the throne. He's at the right hand of the throne. No, that's where we have a false revelation. Jesus made a place for us in the four and 20 seats around about the throne. Call the right hand, the dexios. And that is not car. It's dexios. It means an elevation or a, I have elevated you. That is, I've raised you up. That's dexios. The right hand of God is dexios. And we're going to see in Revelation 5 that it's going to be that same dexios in the right hand of him that's set up on that throne. The dexios is not a physical right hand. It is, I have elevated you. I have literally raised you up. I've given you higher revelation. You're there. It's set together in heavenly places. 
and seeing his glory, seeing the Lord's glory. Jesus prayed that in John 17. He said, Father, make them one, even as you and our one make them one. And where I am, that same glory that you gave me in the days of my flesh, that same glory God give unto them. That where I am, there they may be also, born twenty seats. The priesthood, the four beasts before the throne of God, the living creatures, not angels. They're the redeemed of the Lord. We're seeing that in a minute. And there, that they may see my glory. Many people want to see the glory of God, never seen it. There's people sitting in churches, never seen any works of the Holy Ghost. They've never seen uh, the sick being healed, dead being raised, eyes, blind eyes open. Deaf mute speaking in here, the lame walk. They sat there all their lives and never seen it. Well, the word of God, the kingdom of God, is not in enticing words of man's wisdom. It's in demonstration and power of the Holy Ghost. So therefore, if we don't see the power of the Holy Ghost, we know that God is not confirming it. He confirms his word with signs, divers wonder, miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost according to his own will. He confirms it, that our faith will stand in the power of God. Jesus said, if I had not done these miracles, which no other man did, you would have had a cloak for your sin. Now, you have no cloak for your sin. You've seen the demonstration of power. And if I, with the finger of God, cast out devils, know you, the kingdom of God, has come nigh to you. Now, somebody said, I just want a 15-minute sermon, a 30-minute, and go home. You'll never see it. You'll never see the, the will and the word of God, and the will of God worked in your life. Because, uh, as it was in the former reign, these ministers preached all night long. The church was open 24-7, and it was prayer way without ceasing. We don't see that today. Matter of fact, it's to the point where when they have a meeting, it generally is only four days, that that's the most if they have a crusade or convention. Back in there, uh, remember 30 years ago, preaching on the field, that you would run sometimes a month, two months, if there's a real move of God. And very seldom do you ever see it even go now uh, a week. Now, if they do, it's a rest night, two or three. When you have that move of the Holy Ghost and the fire of God and the power of God's moving, you want to bask in that. Give him the glory and keep going in a dynamic move of God, never being at ease in Zion. We'll be into them at ease in Zion. And Jesus stated, I'll uh, search Jerusalem with candles and punish all them that are settled on their leaves. We always had to be stirred up. Well, right there, the four beasts, the four living creatures, lie man, calf, and eagle, they cease not day and night to give him glory, which is, was, and is to come and who liveth forever and ever, giving thanks and honor to him. The four and twenty elders fall down before him that sat on the throne. Remember, there's only one sitting on the throne. Somebody said, I thought Jesus was at the right hand of that throne or sat on a different throne. No, there's only one throne. You'll see that in Revelation 3.21. We're made to sit together in heaven places and there's no four and twenty seats, but there's only one throne. And that, it says in Revelation 3.21, to him that overcometh, that's us, the body of Christ, will I grant to sit, S-I-T, that's a little state of glory, a position, 
sit with me in my throne. That's a place I prepare for you as a glorified and my own body of flesh and blood, which you are bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. You get to be there also. If you're in me, how be it? Where did you go, Jesus? He said, even as I overcame, and he said, I'm not said that, even as I overcame and am set, S-E-T, not S-I-T, not a physician, but S-E-T, forever settled, always has been, and always will be, God sat down with my father in his throne, not around it, not beside it, in it. All power in heaven and earth given unto Jesus because he is God, glorified with the Father's own self. That's the reason you see the man Christ Jesus. Acts 2.36, that same Jesus whom you crucified, let all the house of Israel know assuredly, without a shadow of a doubt, that he, God, hath made him, that man, both Lord, Jehovah God Almighty, and Christ, the Holy Ghost. Christ in you, the hope of glory. One throne. He is a blessed and only potentate, 1 Timothy 6, 15 to 16. Who only hath immortality? He is the omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent God. Entering into that light which no man, but this man we're going to see in Revelation 5, no man can do it. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, Peter, James, John, Paul, none of them could open the seals of this book. They're not God. They didn't purchase the price with their own blood. They didn't die for the sin of the world. The Lamb of God did. The Son of God did. And he has entered into that light, glorified with the Father's own self, which no other man could enter into. No man. But Jesus, the man, has entered into that. He's been made that same Jesus that was crucified. That last Adam was made a quickening spirit. 1 Corinthians 15, 45, he's your God. He's the Lord, your Savior, the God, your Redeemer. Well, that's what they're saying here. It's proclaiming that true revelation of Jesus, God Almighty. And it says, they cast their crowns before him. Jesus, I sat down with the Father in his throne, not around it, not beside it. He's that God. He's that Spirit. And they're saying, thou art worthy, O Lord, Jehovah God Almighty, Jesus, to receive glory and honor and power. For thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. Well, where is that? Colossians 1, 16 and 17, the Lord Jesus Christ. All things are made by him, for him, and for his good pleasure. Where they be thrones, principalities, powers, things visible, invisible, all things were made by him, for him, and for his good pleasure. Jesus Christ is that Lord Jehovah God Almighty on the one throne in heaven, and that's what's going to be revealed through the work of the ministry that he alone is God, and there's not another. Now we go to Revelation 5, and when this is what we're focusing on. I saw in the right hand of him. The right hand is the dexios. It is epi ten dexion. Not indexion, but epi ten dexion. It means over or in my palm or my open palm or on my right hand. And on and 
in it. We're going to see an open palm of God's hand, the power of God revealed. And it says there, and I saw in the right hand of him. We're going to see in that hand is a book. In the hand, the hand of God, the dexios. That is the, the Lamb of God that has been now glorified with the Father's own self as a quickening spirit. And in that right hand that sat on that throne, in the right hand is a book in that right hand. The book is in that right hand. And that book is not the Biblion. It's not the Genesis to Revelation. It's a Bibliorridian. The little book. It is the book, the revelation of Jesus Christ. This is the very heart of God in his thought, plan, purpose, and will, the word, in all his glory, majesty, and honor, revealed to the body of Christ in fullness, in all truth, that he has prepared for us. And in that right hand, in that epitendexion, that glorified man who is now spirit, Jesus Christ, we find a book, a Bibliorridian, in that right hand. We said of him that sat on that throne, a book written. Notice that this book is written within and on the back side. Within and on the back side. And we see that sealed with seven seals. So we have a book and a scroll written front and back side, which that which has been, which will be in the last days. It has been, it is, was and is to come. It's a cycle that has been and will be. That which is there in the beginning will be in the ending. And it's given to us to know these things. The things of faith, which was once delivered to the saints, which is the revelation of Jesus Christ in the testimony of Jesus, the spirit of prophecy. There we see sealed with seven seals, perfected glory. The seals are signet. Signet is a sign aloft of, and there's seven of them. And it is the heartstrings of God, and each of the heartstrings of God revealing God himself is only through the Lamb of God. Now, when we go on, and a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, it's proclamated. Who is worthy to open the book and to loose the seals thereof? Who can uh, open all the seals and the heartstrings of God himself? Who's able to do it? Well, we're going to find there's no man. There's no man in heaven nor in earth and all the patriarchs, all the apostles and prophets, neither under the earth, no spirit anywhere was able to open the book, neither to look thereon. And John said, I wept much because no man was found worthy to open and to read the book, neither to look thereon, the little book, the Bibliorhythia, not the whole book. Not the Biblion, the Bibliorhythian. In the Hebrew, it's a supper. 
this book that contains the final seven seals and perfection of God that we must receive in the golden oil, to have an oil for our lamps, to be able to go in with him. John wept much, because there was no man found worthy to open a book, neither looked thereon. And one of the elders said unto him, Weep not, behold, the line of the tribe of Judah, not the offspring of David, the root of David. Why the root? Notice that's a capital R-O-O-T. Why? Because the offspring of David is Jesus in the days of his flesh. That's the Jesus Christ, the Messiah, according to the flesh. The seed of David is according to the flesh. He didn't say offspring there. He said the root. The root is a capital, which means the spirit of God. The root of David is the origin of David, the origin of David, which is the spirit of God. It's Christ, the spirit. It's the root of David. He's the lion of the tribe of Judah. He's coming back as that lion. And we're going to see that the, the lamb is, is referred to by John, but heaven sees him as the lion. He's the lion of the tribe of Judah. One of the, the elders said, look, he has, behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David. The father of David, the root of David, the father of David, the spirit of God hath prevailed to open the book. He's been glorified by the father's own self. He made himself of no reputation to work salvation for us and to redeem us under the law. Then went back to his former glory, glorified by the father's own self. John 17, 5. That's the whole foundation of this book to reveal who he is, the revelation of Jesus Christ. And hath prevailed to open the book and to loose the seven seals thereof. And that, he says, and I beheld, and lo, in the midst of the throne, and of the four beasts, and in the midst of the elders, stood, a, in the midst of those elders stood a lamb. Notice that's a capital L-A-M-B. That lamb is God Almighty. It's the Spirit of God. As it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes. Well, what is that? Which are the seven spirits of God. Everything that God is in perfection is Jesus Christ. He's that spirit. And sent forth into all the earth. Well, it's given to us a stone wherein is seven eyes within that stone, which are that branch given to the body of Christ. We're going to see that in the work of the ministry. So as we see here in Revelation 4 and Revelation 5, this is not Pentecostal glory. We're going to be focusing on the Bibliorydian. There's going to be another part to this. And this is part one. Be sure to turn in, tune into part two on the podcast in the Bibliorydian. Iridian, the little book, and see the work of the ministry and how it entails you, the believer, and what God wants you to do in the body of Christ in your service to the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, we're going to see the work of the ministry is a great work, 
in the glory revealed as preached unto all the world for a witness unto all nations, and they the end will come. Those that are counted worthy will be the ones that will be sealed. Sealed with that word of God in their forehead with the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, until they receive the promised possession. Without that sealing in the full grown, not babies, not little children, not young men, but full grown fathers, having eyes before and behind uh, at understanding the book written within and without. And we're going to see what that is in that Biblia Iridian. Be sure and tune in until the next podcast, part two of the Biblia Iridian. Well, if it has been born, the Holy Ghost bore witness to your spirit, please contact us. We'd love to be one with you. You'll see the information on the screen. You can... Uh, Give me a call. Leave me a message. I'll get back to you. We'd like to be one with you. Country code 1 plus 903-746-4885. Write to me, Dennis Beard, Post Office Box 2906, Longview, Texas, zip code 75606. Or visit us on the websites. Drop us a line or a question at sealinggodspeople.org, sealinggodspeople.com, or dennisbeard.org. Thank you for your prayerful support your generous offerings for a Bible and keep the podcast coming to you over the various sites until the next time. Brother Dennis Beard saying, Behold, the real Jesus.